Father in heaven, what it is a blessing to be able to meet together as brothers and sisters in your family. What a blessing it is to have the freedom to do that and um, not be persecuted for the assembling of ourselves together. May we not take these freedoms for granted, but may we recognize the blessing they are. And as we listen today and as we participate, we pray that you will speak to all of our hearts to draw us closer into that um, beautiful relationship with you and with one another. We pray through Jesus' name. Amen. So, connected relationships in a disconnecting world. (laughs) Uh, I think it's quite obvious to most of us that the world is falling apart, okay? And unfortunately, in the, the time that we're living in, although prophecy, the Bible has made it very clear that this time would come, we're seeing uh, a breakdown in an intentional and deliberate agenda to break down relationships, to confuse relationships. And it's kind of ironic because we're in a time where technologically we can connect with more people more quickly and more efficiently than we've ever been able to connect in the world prior to this time. That's ironic because simple situation that we just experienced recently, and it's not an unusual one. We were in an olive garden uh, restaurant. We travel a lot with our ministry. Hundred and well, we we traveled 1.5 million miles just on Delta Airlines. That's a lot of seat time. That's a real sitting in the seat. Sitting in the seat. <laughs> Those are no bonus miles. So we we've we travel a lot, sometimes more than we'd like to. But we were in an Olive Garden recently, and we were enjoying our connection together, our communication, and we noticed these four apparently four friends come and sit down at the table right next to us. I mean, close enough that, you know, we, we could have tuned into their conversation if we would have wanted to, but the ir- irony was that they greeted each other with hugs, with enthusiasm. They sat down, and there was no conversation. It was, it was all smartphones. And we thought, well, you know, they're, they're waiting for the you know, to order, waiting for the, the, the food, whatever. But through the almost the entire meal, they were communicating like this. I can't even make my thumbs go as fast as some people can text today. On occasion, <laughs> one of them would tap another one and move their phone over in front. So obviously it was some kind of message or some kind of photo they wanted them to see. But these four women are sitting there for probably 45 minutes to an hour. And they hardly spoke a word. But at the end, I mean, we were just being entertained by this, right? At the end, they got up. Oh, it was so good to catch up. We'll have to do this more often. And they were just, oh, this is such a great time together. And I'm thinking, wow, they hardly spoke. There was, there was nearly no really verbal exchange. And I said to my husband, hey, maybe they're texting each other at the table. Maybe that's what they're doing. But it it really wasn't that way. Now, we can see that 
example as a little bit way out there, right? But in reality, we want you to think about your situation, not about the four women that we saw in the Olive Garden. We have to evaluate this in our own home because if we are not intentional to build strong relationships and, and have good verbal communication, we will unintentionally be swept with the tide of the modern cultures, culture we live in. And we want you to think about, during this presentation today, think about your tables at home. Just and pause for a second. Your tables at home. <laughs> or your table at home. And what takes place at your table is your smartphone an invited guest? Or is it just expected to be there? And, and that's just an example. It can be many other distractions out there. But we have to be intentional about building relationships that are secure, that are loving, that are growing. If we don't, we will begin to deteriorate, not only in our relationship with God, but in our human relationships. And they break down fastest in the circle of the home. So we, we introduce that because... It is an irony that we are in a society that we can connect so quickly, so often with so many people, and yet, if any of you read the statistics, we do because we, we work with families and marriages, that's our life now. And to see the rate of breakdown in the family and the lack of communication that's happening and the results of that, often the devices that we have that have made our world much more connected in many ways have also had a liability on the other side, and that is that we are too accessible too much of the time or all of the time, okay? This is the downside. So we're certainly, in, in using this as a part of an introduction, we're not making a case against devices. They're here to stay, and they're either a tool that we control, I've got one stuck on my side right now, or it can become a trap that we never intended for it to be. How does it affect, how do these devices affect us in our relationships as individuals, our relationship with God, you know, some people spend their quiet time with the Lord in the morning on a device. That's fine. As long as that device is being used for that quiet time, not becoming a trap that's causing us to listen to every bing bong, whatever the <laughs> tone is, tone is that, that reminds you that you've got a new email or a new, you know, Facebook, con you know, contact. If that's what's distracting us, that's going to affect that relationship, and it's going to affect this relationship and every other relationship. So we want to talk about being connected with God. This is the most important relationship that we can have, both in this life and for eternity. 
Do you think that the adversary of our souls likes us to have a good connection with God? No. That is the most vital connection that we need, and it will not happen by accident. It will not be our default mode. Do you know what our default mode is? First of all, it's self. That's the default mode. And self does not naturally come to God. Self is not naturally attracted to God. Our default mode is also the mode of being so busy in the world that we live in because we are so accessible to so many people so much of the time that our default mode is also being so busy that sometimes the most important relationships in life get unintentionally pushed aside. Yeah, and that busyness can be doing good things. So, again, we want to make it this... this uh seminar very practical think about your experience since you've been here at asi now you just look at your program schedule is it full of options out there right (laughs) and they start pretty early in the morning don't they and they end at least for us we have a booth downstairs for us it ends at 10 30 at night so any of you who have booze, you're on duty till 10.30 at night, right? That's past our bedtime. <laughs> that's, that's a long, long day. And our, our default mode, our humanity says, I have got things we got to get done. We have places and people we have to meet. We have responsibilities that we have to carry through. And so it can be all too easy because we are all Christians, right? And we all love Jesus, right? That we don't even spend any time with him, but we get up and we're into the day. Now, we're not asking you to raise your hands, and it it can be out of the context of ASI. But in reality, too often, we unintentionally let the pressures of life come in, and we unintentionally set aside our time with God. Because we know that, okay, well, I can, you know, I'll take, I'll have some prayer time a little bit later. I will spend time studying this evening when I get home from work or whatever it is. We have given all of those above excuses and many more in between. And we have found in our experience that if we do not make the conscious choice to begin the day with God, we are already setting ourselves up for problems for the day, right? It doesn't mean if we have time with God that our days go flawless, but what it means is it's spending time with God. We have a disposition to turn to him for help. We have a more sensitivity to the spirit of his voice speaking to our hearts in situations, and we are better prepared when we encounter the trials and difficulties of the day to turn to the source who not only has the answer and solution, but also the power to overcome or resist that temptation. So Matthew, the sixth chapter and the 33rd verse, is a very common text. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. I memorized that verse when I was 12 years old. But it did not have any practical impact in my life for many years after that. We too often 
intellectually assent to the truth. We believe in the truth. We don't argue about the truth. But it isn't practically working in our lives, okay? When God began to open my eyes and our eyes to the reality of that, what that meant, to seek first his kingdom, oh, that first is an important word there. First before what else? First before everything else. And when we are getting to bed late, and my wife used the example here at ASI, this is way past our bedtime, okay? And we make no apologies about that because we've learned that the later we go to bed, what's the other end? The harder it is to get up in the morning, but we still need to get up in the morning because we've got to be ahead of the day with God. And so I'm going to share with you a little simple but very impactive experience we have one of our family retreats, which we'll be handing out some, some cards for anybody that's interested, or you can come by our booth, booth 822. We're at one of our family retreats in the UK, the United Kingdom. We have seven of them regionally here in the U.S. And it was, we were preparing to leave with the host. We had arrived in the UK. We were going to be driving to the venue. And Everything was packed in the vehicles and in the trailer, except my ministry case. My ministry case has the most important things in ministry and in life to us, especially being in a foreign country, and that is our passports. And they stay in a very special spot in my case, and they never leave there. Well, that just happened that day that that case would not fit in the only remaining place in the trailer. The vehicle was full, and our host, we were also staying in their home, and so Jack said to me, you know, this case will fit in here if you just take those, that passport folder out that has, you know, has other stuff in there. It's too bulky. So he says, you know, you're going to be coming back here, staying with us after the retreat is over. Could you just leave that in your room? I said, Okay. This is the first for me, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. So I go in the little room we're staying in. This little room was <laughs> little room. It had a full bed that was nearly the, it took up nearly the entire room. You had just a little walkway on one side of the bed and a little walkway on the other side of the bed. So you kind of, there wasn't room to even put luggage or anything around there. And in the, this little corner was a tiny desk, one of the smallest. It look, almost looked like the size of a child's desk, except it wasn't. And my husband, he went into the room to thin out his, his ministry case and they had told us, hey, if you want to leave anything here, just feel free. The, that desk, those little drawers in that desk are totally empty. So just put it there. It'll be tucked away. It'll be a good, safe place for it to be in our absence. I opened the top drawer of the desk. I'll never forget this. Okay? <laughs> I opened the top drawer of the desk. Really empty. And as I was putting the passport case in there, I had a an impression from the Lord. The still small voice, my sheep hear my voice. 
I had spent time with God that morning, which is one of the reasons that we seek his kingdom. That's right. Give us a disposition to listen in real life. I am sticking that passport case into the drawer, and the thought came to my mind very distinctly, you will forget it. Did you hear that? Is God practical? You will forget it. Here's a question we often get. How do we know? How do we know what God is telling us? How do we know if it's God speaking to us? It's our own ideas and our own imaginations and all that. We have come to learn that if when we get those thoughts, if it kind of cuts across the grain of who we are. Ourself. Ourself. That's usually the first indication that it's probably God wanting to connect, right? Secondly, it always is in agreement with the principles of his word. Okay, now you can't find a principle in his word that talks about um, where you put a passport. Okay. But you can find it about being forgetful. Yes. <laughs> Therefore, you know, we, we, we are learning to pay attention to those, those little promptings, as we call them, much more efficiently and effectively. So, this is one reason why. I did what... All of you, see, I don't, I don't have to know all of you. I know some of you. I don't have to know all of you to know that you've done exactly what I did. I began to question and reason away that little prompting. Here's the thought that I have. This is the real thought that I had. This is me, not I'm making up something here. I had the thought that I always do the final check in every room we stay in, every hotel we stay in, and my wife will vouch for this. And we have not left anything behind for years and years and years of time. Because so, we've learned the hard way. I do the first check. I don't even do that anymore. He's the, the, he's the final and, and the official checker. <laughs> so this is humanity, right? Do we humans sometimes argue with God? Absolutely. Okay. That's the default mode. No, I, so here I'm telling the Lord something he doesn't know. No, I always check everything before we leave, so I'm not going to forget it. And I shut the drawer. Fast forward, because we don't have all day to tell you this story. We went to our retreat, have a wonderful retreat, great blessings with the Lord. We come back, we stay overnight. Have to be up super early in the morning, because we're in Wales, and we have to get to London. He's 3 a.m. So we are now getting out of bed at 3 a.m. after a very busy, after an ASI weekend. No, our retreats don't last till 1030 at night. We're done at 9 o'clock, okay? So it's a little more uh, friendly, sleep friendly anyway. But here we are, you know, tired, getting up early, and we're putting everything together. And we, we try to always, at this point, you know, connect with the Lord first thing. But because of the pressure, and now there's a storm outside, and the rain is coming, and so we have to go even faster. So here we are doing the last little bit of packing. Seek ye, but not at 3 o'clock in the morning. This isn't when I normally start my day. So that I don't, that's, that's not what it means, right? Seek ye first. I'm that's in the means. shower. And the Lord is calling to me to seek him. Now, I hate to be so blunt and honest with you, but it's reality. I said, Lord, I talk out loud to the Lord when I can, okay? 
Lord, we're going to be in the car for over two hours four on our hours. way. It's four hours. Yeah, our okay, ride. four hours. But at least I knew it was two hours. I'll have plenty of time to talk with you there. I mean, we're supposed to talk like friends, right? And I'm having this conversation in the shower, and I took out the first suitcases, and it starts to rain. At that moment, my wife, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, says, I will bring you all the suitcases. You stay outside so you don't track all the mud in. Because <laughs> it was very muddy very quickly there. It was just torrential rain. So isn't that nice of my wife to be sensitive? Mm-hmm. Helpful, right? Help me. To... <laughs> I never went back in the room because I had muddy feet. Did God know that five days before when he said, you're going to forget it? And I said, no, I'm not going to forget it. Is this real humanity, friends? Is God always trying to help us? Well, I didn't even remember it until we got to London Heathrow Airport. He actually (laughs) didn't remember it at all. Thank you, dear. And the amazing... (laughs) This is how God works. The amazing thing is... You did. (laughs) I I didn't even really remember it, but I asked a question that I hadn't asked in years of time because that's the question the Lord put on my mind. We are getting our suitcases out of the back of the little car. We are ready to enter the airport. And I said to my husband, you have the passports. I just like a statement (laughs) question statement. Of course I do. Because I haven't even asked him that question for literally years up until that point. You hear that question? Do you have the passports? It was at that moment that I had an instantaneous thought. And with that was an instantaneous shot of adrenaline. When she asked me that, I saw the passports in the drawer. That's where my mind saw them, in the drawer. And I looked down at my case, which always shows where the passports are because it sticks out a little bit. And I knew they weren't there, but I was just hoping against hope somehow they got there. <laughs> yeah, that, and they weren't there. Fortunately, Jack, our host and driver, had not driven off. And Can I, I just want to interject something? Sure. Here. I'll hold your hand. Well, I need that to talk with okay. you. <laughs> My husband, he, he left out this little bit, which is very interesting and it's very important because we're talking about Seeky first. We reason with God, right? We negotiate with God because we know what our life is like. We know how our day is supposed to roll. We know these things. So we have these mental conversations or these mental thoughts that we respond to his, his spirit speaking to us. And he said, yeah, but Jack, I'll, I'll, I'll talk with you guys. I'll spend that time with you in the car because Jack never talks. He's, oh, yeah, a, very a, very quiet, he's a very quiet man and he is. You could be with him for two hours and he might not say hardly anything. So he was thinking this is how the, Jack talked for the four hours all the way to the, not just Jack, we all participated. So not only that, but not only not had that time like we should have, and when we had planned it in our schedule, it was going to be convenient to us, okay? Conven- scriptures never talk about convenient time for God. It talks about the first time with God, right? So anyway, that, that kind of got dissipated. So it is really amazing how much our God loves us. 
and how much he wants to spare us from needless, needless <laughs> trials. Because oh, yes. even for me at that point, I wasn't really thinking about the Lord, but I tell you what, that question came out of my mouth and that had to come as a direct download from God to ask that question. So Jack is still there. He doesn't, he doesn't usually carry money, and, but he had a little bit of pounds in his pocket. That's their currency, pounds. We didn't have any money. So my husband said, I got an idea because he was absolutely sick. I mean, this, this physical feeling of illness. Our plane left in two hours. It's four hours back to get him. Go ahead, baby. And I have to say, because I, I don't want to miss this part, my wife was so gracious to me. Do you know what a wife could say to her husband in that situation? Can you hear it? You what? You forgot the passports? Okay. He only can say that because he knows what his wife is capable, capable to do. Of. But that's the grace of God, okay? He does, he, he does restrain us for our benefit. So I said to Jack, maybe they'll have mercy on me. I said, you know, we can get, the, we can, we can get Joy to, his wife, Joy to fax, fax, a copy. fax down a copy. <laughs> and we can show them that we have our passports. And Jack said, I don't think it's going to work that way. <laughs> so we went in, we gave it a try. He waited at the place where he could wait. And, and we went in and we, we talked to the man. We, we actually got into the line where, you know, it's the pre-check to getting up to the ticket yeah, counter. We, because we fly so much, we, we have priority check-in and all that. And so I said to the man, can I, tell you, can I just tell you what happened this morning? And, and I told him real quickly. And, and In other words, we don't have our passports. <laughs> that was the bottom line. And he said, not even the Queen of England leaves this place without a passport. <laughs> I said, Okay. <laughs> so my mind immediately shifts into, because I do all our bookings, there is a very large penalty when you change a ticket. In the States, to change a domestic ticket, it's $250 to change your flight. That's times two. We're on an international flight. And then you pay the difference in the airfare. For that day. So I am thinking, this could cost us dearly, right? Like into the thousands potentially, because we book our tickets a long way in advance to get the best freight. And you walk into any airport and you buy a ticket for that day or the next day flight, and you're paying nearly double what you could have bought that ticket for prior to that. So I'm thinking about that, and we're both praying, because now we have to stand in another line, because we're not getting on that flight. And we go back and tell Jack, and he gives us the remaining little pounds he has left in his pocket, which isn't very much. And he bids us adieu, and we, you know, so anyway, we got in this line, and we're praying as we're waiting to, you know, go up to the rescheduling desk. And the lady couldn't have been nicer. I think God, he smiles, you know, on us. And I think probably put an angel there because she said, uh, okay, very good. Well, we have you booked on the same flight tomorrow. Do you think you can get your passports here by tomorrow? We're praying, yeah, you know, an overnight service, you know, from Wales to, to London. And uh, we had to figure out where we're staying to get them so we knew where to have them sent. All that the Lord figured out in a very quick amount of time. And then at the end, she just said, have a, have a nice day. And we're both like, thank you very much. I mean, our day is getting nicer. And she said, no, you're done. That's all. We said, we, we don't have any. Oh, no, no, we're going to waive the fees. The Lord is merciful, isn't he? 
Now that's, that's the mercy of God. Is he merciful? Always. Do we learn our lesson? We are that's learning. a hard question to answer, isn't it? I want to tell you that that experience made such a profound impact in my life. In our lives. In our lives, but really in my life. Because I have believed in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness for a long time. Practically, okay? We've been involved in ministry for 28 years, and we have been growing in that experience. But that experience that happened a few years ago was another pivotal point in taking me deeper not only in my commitment to seek him first i'm not talking about spending the normal amount of time i'm spending okay we're not talking about rituals here we're talking about taking time to connect our weakness with the strength of god Amen. okay and that was a, a very deep and moving experience not only for me to recognize Yes, it's true, I need to seek him first. Because if I would have asked, he would have been happy to tell, but I was too busy telling him all the things that I was going to do, okay? And how it was going to happen. But it's also because it shows us the deep love of God. Amen. In our mistakes, in our wrong choices, in our prideful choices, God is still reaching out to us and is merciful towards us. And that ought to draw our hearts to our Heavenly Father. What we're, what we're learning, because none of us, we haven't arrived yet. We're in this journey like you are. But what we're learning, what we want to encourage you to learn alongside of us is if we really tra take God at his word when he makes these kind of statements to us, these entreating statements to us, it's because he has our best good in mind. And I think we've missed that. All too often, we think that somehow, you know, if we follow everything God has for us, our lives aren't going to be as rich or fulfilling. Now, intellectually, we would say, yes, oh, yeah, they'll be the best they've ever been. We'll be the happiest people we've ever been. We'll live the most fulfilled lives we've ever experienced or, or even dream could happen. But in reality, by our choices, we really cut short God's ability because we're too busy managing our own lives instead of allowing him Amen. to manage us. So seeking God first, our world is not slowing down. Your lives are not becoming less intense or less busy. You haven't run out of things to do. Even people in retirement, they are busy. Maybe some of you are already retired. Yeah, maybe your lives in some, certain ways have slowed down from maybe punching the clock, but in reality, we fill it up with other things. So the most important relationship that we can gain and maintain and grow, not just maintain it, but grow it, is that relationship with Christ. Trusting God, because we know that soon we are going to enter into the most difficult time in earth's history. Much harder than in the reformer years, much harder than the dark ages, much harder than the children of Israel when they're wandering in the wilderness. If they would have listened and let God be the leader, they wouldn't have had the detour. We don't have to go through all the detours. We can be on God's 
his, his plan and his way from the beginning to the end. And if we can't learn to really trust God with our whole hearts in the day-to-day, we're, it doesn't matter how much prophecy we know or how much truth we know or that we go to church on the right day of the week. If we do not have that abiding relationship with him and love to spend that time with him, we will not be looking forward to or prepared for what is coming ahead. Well said, dear. So now we want to move from that most important connection that most vital relationship that affects every other, into the marriage, okay? So at the end, if we have time, we'll have question and answer. the, The marriage is the relationship next to our relationship with God that represents the union of Christ to his people. What a privilege it is for our union as husband and wife to be a representation in a small way of that relationship. Is it important? Absolutely. Yes, it's vitally important. And so we want to talk about, you know, and we could have spent our whole time talking about our relationship with God, or we could have spent our whole time talking about the marriage. But when we come into marriage, we come in as two me's. In love with the other one, right? Okay. This me loves that me, and that me loves this me. But nobody talks to us about what that looks like when the, the minister said, the two shall become one. <laughs> Which me shall we be? <laughs> this is something that doesn't get worked out ahead of time. And no, you know, no matter how much you know, you've prepared for marriage, you come into marriage, me. I can't be you. I only know me. And now we come into a situation, and it's which me shall we be, because I think I'm right. I've been right all my life, right? Guys, aren't we right? Yeah, okay, don't be afraid to be honest. <laughs> but the difficulty is, is that she kind of came I'm into right life. I'm right, too, right, ladies? We're right. So there you have it, total That can create a total disconnect very quickly, Okay. When the honeymoon's over. Unless we agree together. Unless, Unless we, we come to some agreements, okay? And so, we've had to learn, and unfortunately we've learned it the hard way, especially in our first year of marriage, that me, that me focus must move to an us focus. Okay? We call it mutuality. We love that word. Anyway, we'll talk about that too, but... The me focus must become an us focus, and the only way a me turns from a me to an us is through the grace and power of the first relationship with Jesus Christ. And if that is not happening in reality, if it's just theoretical and we assent to it, it won't happen in this me focus. It will be a fight, and I have this, I don't know why I have this in my mind, but it's always been there for years, it probably always will be. And that's two people, a husband and wife, going to their corners in a boxing ring. I don't know where I got that. I didn't read it. But that's, we've seen so many couples that get into the me focus, and all it creates is heartache, fighting, bickering, all kinds of stuff. And then they go into the corners, and the only time they come out is to see if he's changed or she's changed. Nope. 
still the same, going back into my corner, it's more comfortable there. The corner can be looking different ways. It may just be you just ignore your spouse because you've been in a tiff and he's totally off the wall. He doesn't get it. So obviously it's his problem. It can't be mine. I, I'm right, right? <laughs> so what happens is, is that sometimes we ladies, we just, you know, act like they're invisible. We just ignore them. And guys, they have different ways of reacting, but sometimes they just, you know, get busy. There's 10 projects they have to do. They haven't thought about them for the last month, but now that you're in a tiff, all those projects are really important. And we, we, we separate, we find reasons to separate. Right. And what happens, our communication doesn't, that separation does not help the communication. It only reinforces my position and his position. Same thing that happens when we separate from Christ. We reinforce our position and we ignore God's position. So we're going to share a couple of verses with you. Again, the, we just love the word of God. It has come alive for us. It is so practical when we put it in the context of real life, okay? It's practical in, in all the ways. And it's very profound, and there's many promises, and there's prophecy there. But take these gems that you know and you've quoted and these principles that you, you can say, like, seek ye first, you've got it there, and let's put them into operation in our daily lives. So let's look at one that we all know, and that is Matthew seven twelve. okay? Whatever you would like your husband or your wife to do for you, do for your husband or wife. Is that complicated theology? It's called the golden rule, That's right? It's the golden rule. Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, do even so to them. If you'd like someone to talk nicely to you, is that nice to be nicely spoken to rather than being yelled at? So how would I want to speak to my wife? The way I'd want to be. This is one of the most basic principles in marriage life that gets completely overlooked. The golden rule. Do you think you could practice that? By the grace of God. Okay. Here, here's, here's reality. We love one another. You married, those of you who are married here today, you chose, you chose to link your life with him. You chose to link your life with her, Right? This is a, a rational, conscious, intentional decision. Now, we are not living in your home, but we want you to think about how you communicate with one another. Because poor communication is the number one killer to a healthy relationship, particularly in marriage. But in any relationship. In any relationship. If we have poor communication here our relationship with God suffers. If we have poor communication here, this relationship suffers. But many of you can speak very kind to people who, who challenge you in your work, who frustrate you at church, but you can speak with the law of kindness on your tongue to them, right? You can speak nice to the bank teller. You can even speak nice to your pet. Oh, come here, little poochie. So nice. And they wet on the floor. That's okay, poochie. I love you, you know. But when it comes to the nearest and dearest person in your life, if you're married, that's your spouse. It's not your child. We find it difficult to speak with kindness. 
process that. This is too practical. I mean, this is where we found ourselves. We were, dear, we were in love, and we thought we were going to live for happily ever after. But I tell you, before the honeymoon got over, our second day on our honeymoon, words were flying that were carried by, by arrows on fire. Self. And they were very damaging, and they were very targeted, right? So we want to look at really bringing this principle into our relationships in marriage. Because when we speak with that law of kindness on our tongue and look to do good in our communication, that's the Holy Spirit bringing that to our thoughts. That's why we need to have time with him every day. So his word is alive in our lives, right? Then he just press, oh, replay, you know, this is what I was talking to you about this morning in your devotions. Then it, it translates here. So we can actually, through the grace of God, it is possible to eliminate conflict in marriage. Do you believe that? Amen. We have not arrived there. <laughs> but we are finding the conflict we have is very less frequent, and it's minuscule. And we know how, as soon as it begins, to, by the grace of God, have him come in and give us the power to overcome that. So does it take faith to trust God when you want to speak harsh words? Does it take faith? And, and if we are being, if we're taking the time to seek God in that first and most important relationship, he will never leave us or forsake us. Amen. Do you believe that? But we don't always like what he says to us about what we need to do. You also understand that, right? Okay, I, I understand that you understand. Okay, <laughs> God gives us the way of escape. Sometimes always. it's this simple. Don't say that to your wife. Just that simple. The Lord has helped me to recognize that there are certain times when my wife is under pressure or we are both under pressure because it's, external it's it's time to get on the road for the next seminar and there's a lot going on and there's things that haven't been finished at home and calls that need to be made emails that need to be responded to and at that moment the holy spirit will will call to me and just gently remind me that you don't need to say anything about that right now i used to say to the lord like you know this the passport illustration I used to say, but she's my wife. We're supposed to be able to communicate about anything. And I want to say this. That's our humanity. But I don't as much today respond that way because I've learned that it creates needless conflict when I speak to her in those situations when I don't need to say anything. Is that simple? Is it easy? Not necessarily in the moment. But God wants to have us communicate. He says here in Philippians 2, 3, Let nothing, God is not afraid to speak in absolutes. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. You know what strife is for sure. But do you know what vainglory is? Vainglory is me. That's the me focus. That's self. 
vainglory is me getting the glory because I want my way and I want it now. Okay, we can all relate to that. Even though here at ASI, hopefully we're not dealing with it, but we will, right? <laughs> That's vainglory. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but instead the counsel here, Philippians 2.3, is to let each esteem the other better than myself. Is that complicated theology? Just in the heat of it, it is. <laughs> okay, because I want my way, she wants her way, if we're in the me focus, and God wants to have his way in us. And that's a faith step. And when we choose to let God work in us, he will give us the power to do that. So to build the relationship... We don't want to just gain it and maintain it. We want to build it, right? We want to grow it. it means that we begin to communicate more clearly, more compassionately, more frequently in the, rela- in the marriage relationship. Too often we make assumptions. Oh, I live with him. He's my husband. We've been married 37 years. Do you know you can be married 37 years and be more in love today than you were the day before and Amen. happier together than you were the day before? It's possible because we're learning that. Amen. It is exciting. My husband has often said to me things like this, when things are going smooth, okay? (laughs) Honey, you are so wonderful. Oh, that makes me feel nice, right? I like to be wonderful to him, right? (laughs) And one day... I sometimes say you're amazing. You do. You do. (laughs) He has other things he says too. But that wonderful, that came pretty frequent. And I remember one day saying, honey... I'm so glad you think I'm wonderful. I'm going to remind you of that someday. <laughs> and it wasn't much longer. Or much Well, it's, I don't know how long it was. Uh, probably a couple of days. <laughs> uh, we were actually in Australia. We were doing meetings. And um, my husband, I, there was a little bit of tension growing. And we, before a word is even spoken, you know it's happening because you can feel it in here, right? So that means you're participatory in it, okay? Because if you're totally innocent, there is no internal reaction, okay? <laughs> something's got you and something's got him. We both feel the gut reacting and we're both ready to come to our defense and make our case. I felt it. I knew he felt it. And then I just had this thought because God brings back our words, Right? to use to call to our hearts. And I said that one day when, someday I get to remind you how wonderful I am, in lightness and fun because we were smooth, we were happy, there was no conflict between us. Well, that day, the Lord brought my words back and I looked at him and I said, honey, do you remember how wonderful I am? (laughs) I love this story because that so caught me off guard (laughs) that that when she said that, I just totally lost all my thoughts about what I was trying to say. And all I could think about was that day that I said how wonderful she was. And that was enough of a distraction and enough of the Lord getting my attention that I said to him, uh, to her. To me. To, uh, well, first to God, but then to her. Because you have to agree with God first to get That's the power right. to say it here. And so... I said, you are wonderful. That's right. <laughs> like was that a, was a revelation at that moment. <laughs> and when I said that, the fight everything gone. went away. That's the power of God. Now, it happened through a little bit of fun and that didn't feel so fun at the moment, but that was a good fruit mm-hmm. from that desire. 
So our, our marriage relationships really can be so fulfilling and rich and exciting and in love. Amen. That they become... Um, like a second honeymoon. Yeah, but I was trying to think of another word. <laughs> contagious, that's the word I was looking for, you know. Most of the time we think of something contagious as, ooh, I don't want that, right? But God wants us to have a contagious love for him and a contagious love in our human relationships that it becomes something that people can't help but be affected by. Because, you know, just like a cold can be contagious and you get it because, you know. Just too close. <laughs> too close or you didn't wash your hands good or you're not exercising like you should be to build blood immune system. Well, that's a little plug for exercise anyway. But we can have our relationships be contagious on the positive side, right? Amen. And it is, it is so exciting. I love being with him anywhere, anytime, any place. And the Lord is teaching us how to go through some of those, you know, challenging times that will come because we grow through those. When we learn to surrender our hearts to God in the practical application of loving your spouse, okay, in a moment that isn't necessarily convenient or isn't necessarily the preferred if we surrender our hearts to God in that moment, he will fill us with the good, put it in the right perspective, and he will give us the power to live that love to our spouse. Mm -hmm. Then God works out the differences. God works through the misunderstandings. God works through it all, but he has to have heart here and heart there. And even if only one is willing to respond, that one can already make a powerful difference in the relationship. I wish we could spend the rest of our time talking yeah. about marriage. We, at this age and stage in our lives, we love talking about marriage. So if you... And God. And God. But, but I'm saying, yeah. I'd like to just keep going on this. But we can't. But we can't. But if you want to go to our website, restoration-international.org, you can get hundreds of hours of, of free downloads, many of which are involved in, uh, in the marriage. Our associates, Paul and Carolyn Rain, they've done a lot of the messages as well. But there's just lots of information there uh, that's available on the website. Now we want to move on to the next most important relationship, and that is having a connection in our family. As I said earlier, the devil is working to, to destroy the most important connections, our connection with God, our connection in our marriage, and then our connection with our young people. It's a tragedy today that with the devices, and again, this is not an indictment against the devices. They're here to stay. Let's use them as tools and not as traps. But in this modern day, uh, we've seen it many times over and over in our, in our own circles that we travel in. Families that used to be so connected that are now disconnected and they can be sitting in the same room. Is that a tragedy? That's right. They're connected with other people all over the world and disconnected from each other in the same room. And it's happening more and more. Because it's so easy to connect with somebody that's more comfortable or someone out there. We need that connection. I'm going to share with you a reference that I'm sure most of you have read. If not, we're going to bring it for you. It's Adventist Home, page 32. We're here at ASI because we have a passion for God and the work of God, right? You want to support it and be a part of it. I hope that's all of us right here in this room today or at this event. 
But we often miss, it, miss God's, God's order, okay? Our relationship to God is first. That's our first call. Our relationship in the marriage is the second and our relationship in the family is the third. That's called gospel order. You can read it by the Apostle Paul. He talks about gospel order. He doesn't use that term, but he talks about our, our relationship with God first, in the marriage, with the children, and then he talks about it in relationship to our, church. the church and our workplace. So Adventist homepage 32, the greatest evidence of the power of Christianity that can be presented to the world. I have your attention. The greatest evidence of the power of Christianity, that's Christ living in our lives, that can be presented to the entire world is a well-ordered, well-disciplined family. Wow. Notice what it says next. This will recommend the truth as nothing else can. Not our health seminars, we need them. Not our prophecy seminars, we need them. It's all working together. But if we do not focus on building these relationships here, then our work out there in the other lines of evangelism will not be as effective. Okay? We don't have extra time. We need to maximize the effectiveness of sharing the gospel. It continues. This will recommend the truth as nothing else can, for it is a living witness of the practical power upon the heart. And this is the area we see people really struggle in. We have for years done evangelism and bring people in through an evangelistic series. And there's this, my dad was a pastor, by the way, so I've seen this my life. They come in the door, the front door, right? A year later, they're gone out the back door because now they have a set of truth that, that's irrefutable, but nothing has changed in the life. Nothing has changed in the heart. That's our mission, friends. Even if your children are grown, even if you, you know, you're a single parent, whatever your family dynamic is, even if you are a single person, you are still a part of some family. And how you, you develop that, those relationships within the family makes you more effective to reach the real heart need of people out there. Because people are hurting. Depression is on its highest level it has ever been. And in at the every, youngest ages. And in the every age category. Uh, severe depression, other kind of things, abuses of all kinds are running rampant. Bizarre things are taking place to try to fill those empty spots in the heart or cover them up, the, cover up the pain. Nothing will suffice except the relationship that God has for us with him. And let that be demonstrated in the human relationship realm. In this gospel order, the first work of a man in God's order is to connect himself with God and then to lead in the marriage relationship and then as it says in Malachi 4 that we turn our hearts as fathers that we turn our hearts to the hearts of our children and then as a response of us as fathers turning our hearts that our children will turn their hearts to us and this is the very last thing that will happen in our world while the world is disintegrating in sin and confusion. 
men, and it's not just men, but this is God's order, that men would turn their hearts to God and their wife and to their children and see their children respond for a contrast that this statement is bringing out. Most of you here, just looking at you, not judging how old you are, but most of you here likely don't have really little ones at home. But you can think back on some of your responses to them. Daddy, Daddy, please, can I? Mommy, can I? Let me help, Mommy, please. And we have very, very convenient pat answers. And it's in every country and every language you've ever spoken in. Not now, honey, I am busy. You are too little. Not now. Maybe later, right? We have these, we bypass what God is trying to call to our hearts. God actually uses our children to call to our hearts, right? Amen. For time. Children need time, right? They need time with mom and dad. If we keep pushing them off, they will find somebody who has time for them. And you know who that is? Uh, the devil's got all the time in the world for our children. He's looking mm. for them. That's right. So even if that's not where you are now, think back on that. Because it is not too late to redeem the time. We have seen adults with adult grown children that have gone back and said, you know what, I've recognized now for the first time how many times I set aside your, your needs, your desires, your companionship, and with, with a heart full of true confession and repentance have said they are sorry, and I want to m- make up for that lost time. And they get invested in taking an interest in taking time Amen. and taking in, and having enthusiasm with their young adult children, their young adults, with their grandchildren, and they begin to build a bond of relationship that maybe hadn't ever been there for maybe 20 or 30 years. So it's not too late, but we do need to build the bond with our children no matter what ages they are. So there's a few things that we want to share just in our remaining time here. Meal time. That's time that has... Well, historically, mealtime was a connecting time. Now we live in a, in a culture, in a time that is so busy, and this is another irony, and that is that we have so many time-saving devices. You hear that? Time-saving devices. But instead of them redeeming more time to sit at a table together, it just causes us to be busier and have more on our plates because we have the access to more information and people have more access to us and that combination means we live in a busy world okay and so many many people today don't spend meals together anymore okay when i grew up i grew up on the farm and i had three meals a day with my family now many families are are just fortunate if they have one meal together, and even more fortunate if everybody in the family agrees to put their devices down for mealtime. Would that be a fair expectation? Absolutely. Do you think that there would be some people in the family who would not like that? Absolutely. We have to work through that, but mealtime can be such a special bonding time. That time uninterrupted and un... um, from from other things around. 
is so effective. Research has proved that children of all ages, they did a study from children in kindergarten all through grade school and even high school. What was it that was made some young people want to go into abusive behavior such as drug, sexual abuse, or alcohol, alcohol those kind of abuses? And why is it that some children don't seem to be affected? And they used to think it was based on the economics of the family, the social or the, the ethnicity of the family. And when they did the research, they proved that none of the above was the key. What the research proved was that children coming from a home, whether it was a blended family, a single parent family, or biological parents parenting their biological children, the one common denominator that made children the most secure and successful did you get that? Secure and successful was that those children came from families who had at least one meal a day together as a family with no interruptions, no watching the TV, no radio in the background, nobody in with the earbuds, no device on the table. No, It was simply time to sit and talk around the table like we used to do in the old days, talk about real life and process the day together as a family. And those children that came from those homes that did that had 50% more positive results in staying away from abusive, bizarre behaviors and habits. That's a worldly study that talks about eating one meal a day where there's good communication. Now, if we bring God into that equation, what happens? Wow, limitless in the results, right? Amen. So that's just to help us tune in to the importance of having wholesome communication in the family. If your children are not with you, you still need that as a husband and wife. Amen. You don't just sit there in silence or just, you know, report on facts back and forth. You actually dialogue about what you're thinking, about how your day has gone, what's in your heart. You actually are talking on a level that draws and builds that bond. Amen. How important do you think it is in the family to have family recreation or fun time? You think that's important? Raise your hands. This wow, is, that's okay, great. good. See, we know these things, but Jesus said, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. At our family retreats, we always have one period a day that's family fun time. Not just kids time, but family fun time together to get the adults and the young people together. The sad thing is, is that many of the children, because some of them have been coming to family retreat for 20 years, say that, well, those that have been there that long, most of their parents are involved in family right. fun, but, but some of them will come back the next year and say, you know, this was the only time that my parents had fun time with us was here at retreat. I wish that we could have fun time at home, but my mom and dad are so busy that we just don't get around to it. They always say, well, not today, maybe later. When we go on vacation, this we made a priority in our family. Five days a week, and follow us around if you want to know if we're busy, but five days a week with our three children, we had family fun time for a minimum of 45 minutes. Do you think we've ever regretted that? No. <laughs> We've never regretted that. And our children, our baby is 31 years old. Our oldest is 35. 35, thank you. And 
they still express appreciation all these years that you took time, that you would have fun and we could have recreation together. It's worth the investment. And you've heard the saying, the family that plays together stays together. The family that prays and plays together even stays the better, together better. It's just a binding of the hearts. And I was just talking to a man here at ASI, and he said, you know, we just went through a, a very difficult situation with our son, got involved in some things on the computer that uh, were not where he should have gone. And he said, I approached my son when I went back and looked at the history and he said he opened his heart to me and he told me the truth. And he said, that son has struggled with some lying issues. And he said, Daddy, do you know why I told you the truth today? He said, no, why? He said, because of the way that you've begun spending time with me doing fun things that makes me want to be closer to you. Amen. Is that a worthwhile investment? Amen. Yes. I've had men in their 60s and 70s, and now I'm 60, so I know what that's like, who have sat down in our living room weeping because they gave their child the best education, the nicest home, the nicest things. And he said, my two children told me, Dad, the only thing you never gave me was the only thing I ever wanted, time with you. The tears just running down his face. Is that a tragedy? Wasn't too late, though. Those two children are still alive, and that man was determined to go back and make a difference in his grown children's lives. But let's make that difference. Let's take time to have fun together. And let's take time to worship together as a family. You know, we do our children a disservice if we expect that they, we want them to be in the kingdom of God. Is that a unanimous response? Okay, yeah. right? We want them to be in heaven forever. But somehow we think it's just going to be naturally infused into them if we take them to Sabbath school every week or if we send them to church school. That's not enough. We need to have morning and evening worship in our families. This is an area that is sadly lacking in Christian homes today of every denomination. And this is an area that we have told our children, you know, this is right. You got to believe the Bible. You need to love Jesus. You got to do all that. But our children are intuitive. The little bit that they learn and the little bit that they know, they know that, hey, that means that we should be spending time together as a family and learning these things together. So if we don't do that, we can't expect the outcome to be good. We have to, you know, we can't just go to church once a week and, and have our children exposed to God for three hours a week and think that they're going to want to devote their life to, to loving and serving God, right? When the rest of their life six days and 21 hours have zero to do about God. We need to bring God into practical uh, um, connection with them every day. For us in our home, that wasn't happening. When we had our first one, it started becoming a burden for me as a mom. I told him that was his job and that was conflict. And so I, anyway, long story. Then the second one comes along trying to get him to get on the program. You should be the head of the home. That didn't work. Fortunately, Never works very well that way. Fortunately, by the time we had our third child, my husband had made a big change because I made a change, and I started putting that to God. I said, God, this isn't my burden. I mean, I've tried to make it his burden. I know it's right, but you have to work in his heart, and I will be quiet, and I will be happy, and I will be supportive. And my husband took up that role, and I thank the Lord for that. But we had to make radical changes in our lives. We were busy people. We were medical professionals, and our lives were full. 
But we made radical decisions, and those decisions brought God into our lives every morning and every evening as a family with our little ones. And I tell you, that was the greatest blessing in my spiritual life I have ever had. Because for the first time, the Word of God started to come alive for me. Because I got a really simple brain like a kid. And I didn't understand a lot of these things. But when I began, and my husband let out, and we began to look at the Word of God so a child could understand it, it became fresh, exciting, and new. And I still study that way, like a little kid. And it is still fresh, exciting, and new. So take time to worship with your children. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to express their hearts, how to confess their sins, how to be thankful for things. Even in the act of praying, you can say, Honey, are you thankful for anything? Is there anything else you'd like to say? So you're actually in a semi-dialogue with them while they're praying, but it helps their minds to expand. Mm -hmm. And we have heard some of the most eloquent and profound prayers from children. Just at our last retreat in Colorado, this little girl was seven years old and volunteered to pray for the meeting to be presented by adults. Her prayer was so heartfelt, so earnest, and so profound, yet so simple. It moved the hearts of all of us. That little girl is capturing what it is to talk with God as a friend. Amen. And that's because mommy and daddy are taking the time to model that and teach that in the home. Amen. Well, I think we're out of time. We are. Definitely out of that time. right, Brian? <laughs> oh, five o'clock. We do? Whoa. Somehow we thought it was supposed to be over at 445, so we're... Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that, that's, that's good because... Uh, then we have time for questions. Questions I mean, answers. we could go on and on and on, but we just want to encourage you that relationships are important. And, in, and we have seen, without speaking a word, that people will come to us. People have come to us and say, we can tell you're Christians. Wow. Why? How, how, what was it? Well, first of all, you're happy. Christians should be happy, right? Now, they have a concept of what Christians should be. Unfortunately, most of the Christians out there don't really look too happy, do they, or don't act too happy. We've had people say, oh, are you in love? Are you, are you newlyweds? Are you pregnant? Or whatever it may be. Uh, no, 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 no. But we are in love. <laughs> and we say, okay, it's been 37 years. People, 37 years? And you act like you're newlyweds. Exactly. That's getting better all the time. <laughs> <laughs> because... Okay, so okay, four, then, okay, so four forty-five. So, so we are out of time. Okay, so we are out of time. So we'll quit there. But, but very quickly, very quickly. If anybody wants, we we would love to see you at, at one of our family retreats. Everybody's a part of a family. Everything we do there is practical. So we've got a bunch of these, and if you'd like like to take one, it's got our retreat schedule on it. We do church seminars as well, marriage retreats, other things. If you don't want to come up here, then you can come to our table. Uh, at Our the booth, booth, 822, 822, and we have a marriage book that we wrote, for better or for best. <laughs> we took out the worst. We already <laughs> been there. It was no fun. We crossed that out. and we, we Get rid of that word. <laughs> and it's a very practical book written by both of us, so everything we talk about here is written from both perspectives, and it makes a real difference, and we encourage families to, or couples to read this together. 
and process it one it, chapter at a time. The book is actually at Remnant Publications booth. And I'm sorry, I don't know their number, but they've got a very big booth, okay, in the exhibit hall. So they, pr- they printed this for us, and they said, if you'll do a book signing, so we're going to do a book signing tomorrow. 11 to 11.30 at Remnant's booth, okay? okay? If you want to get one of the books, you have to go buy it at Remnant, okay. and we will sign it and personalize it for you. Anyway, so we don't have time for question and answers. No. But if anybody wants to stay after for a yeah, few moments. Yeah, if you want to ask your question yeah. directly, that's fine. Then if anybody else. And one last thing before we close in prayer. If you come by the booth of 822, uh, you, will, you can put in your business card or your name and phone number. We're not doing this to get mailing lists, okay? We're not out there about that. But we, we do have, and we also are selling them as well, but flash drives from our national family retreat. It's a four, five-day event. All video. All videoed, high-quality, high professionally done. It can be used on TV. It's so professionally done. And we are going to give away one of those Sabbath afternoon to whoever's name is drawn out of the jar. Some people have already said, I want one of those and I just want to buy it, okay? And you can do that, too, because we have plenty there. But at our National Family Retreat, we have guest speakers. This year, we had Scott and Cammie Ritzema. Anybody know them? Okay. Belt of Truth Ministry. And we have Chris and Debbie Holland. Anybody know them? He's a pastor, and they're in charge of It Is Written Canada. So they came down and joined us this year for the family retreat. Powerful testimony on the journey God has brought them through. So all of us are on the journey, but we're all on a journey to a special place, right? We want to be there for an eternity, spend with God. And if we want that, then we need to spend time with him every day. And that will just whet our appetite to what is ahead far more than we can comprehend. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. Father in heaven, we're thankful for the opportunity to meet here together at ASI. And Lord, we, we pray that as we have shared together today that your Holy Spirit would move upon our hearts, that if we have unconsciously pushed you away, uh, been too busy for you, whatever it is, Lord, that we would, we would really make the commitment or recommitment to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. In our marriages, those that are, that are here, that are married, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be allowed to turn us from our, us, our, our me focus into our us focus that, that's really mutually dealing with our lives together and not getting my way. And Father, in our families, if the family has, has been divided, seeking to be conquered by our foe, that we would make a priority of drawing our hearts together as, as families, praying together, playing together, talking together. Lord, that, that our families could be a well-ordered, well-disciplined, Christ-centered family that would speak more in behalf of the gospel than all the sermons that could be preached. Bless us as we continue on through this day and through the rest of ASI. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.